May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Each January, the magazine U.S. News and World Reports releases its top diet ratings. Out of 24 diets, the Mediterranean diet is number one for the sixth year in a row. Meanwhile, other popular diets, including the ketogenic diets or keto and Atkins, landed toward the bottom of the best diets overall list at numbers 20 and 21, respectively. This list is developed by a slate of nutritionists, dietary consultants, and physicians. This diet is weighted heavily towards fruits and vegetables, whole grains and includes nuts, seeds, olive oil, legumes, and some lean meat and fish. It doesn't eliminate any whole food group and it has been proven to reduce the risk of many chronic diseases, including heart disease and certain cancers. The movement toward a more plant-based lifestyle when it comes to food is a growing trend for many. But on TikTok, which reflects the general population, <laughs> the Mediterranean diet, number one for six years in a row among physicians and nutritionists, doesn't even make the top ten. Where keto, calorie-counting, low-carb vegetarian diets were more popular, including intermittent fasting. And in April, the Wall Street Journal headline read, the $76 billion industry asks itself, what about Ozempic, the new drug? $76 billion is a lot of money. To put it in perspective, the recent insured property losses from the tragic fire that decimated Lahaina, Hawaii, is estimated at only $3.2 billion, more than 20 times. And if this saying, put your money where your mouth is, is correct, what we are putting into our mouths is costly and significant and it's grown 14% in the last year. And it's not just dietary programs. There are those of us in this congregation who are true foodies, for which I am truly grateful. Stuffed tomatoes, cakes, salmon, pecan raisin cookies, apple butter. I could go on and on. There's wonderful delicacies. But whatever we put in our mouth, given a host of varying factors, is gone within 24 to 72 hours. Or as the scripture says, it goes within us and then goes to the sewer. But our words, not so much. The words we speak come from a place within ourselves and take on a life of their own. And then they're repeated and altered to bring joy or pain to those around us. Those words live in our heads, rent-free, giving life or death to the hearer and also to the speaker. In the gospel, Jesus is very clear that what we put in our mouths, no matter how special it is, is not nearly as important as what we let come out of it. He is plain in speaking with the disciples that the words we speak reflect our inner life 
and the stories that we tell ourselves about God, our own selves, and each other. What we believe about God influences who we talk with, how we pray, and how we give. What we say about God demonstrates what we believe. If we believe in our heart that God truly loves everyone, then we will do our best to do the same, no matter how difficult they may be. But if we believe that there are people who are outside of the love of God, we will have no trouble using abusive language toward them and still call it Christian. When we speak about welcome, do we take time to engage the struggle of learning each other's names? I wish to God that I was given the gift of if someone tells me their name, I have it for life. But as you well know from my struggle, it takes me about seven times and then I get it right about 50% of the time. It's not for lack of effort. It's not for lack of skill. It's for lack of gift. Or do we know the names of someone who is sitting with us at coffee hour? Do we always sit at the same table or do we switch it up a bit? Some of us have been here for five or 40 years. Do we know the names of the people across the pew from us? Take a quick look around. I'll pause. Are we willing to make mistakes as we try? Or are we too frightened of the judgment that could happen when we get a name wrong and our attempt is dismissed as our human imperfection is displayed for all the world to see? So we stop trying. This morning, I encourage us all to try again, along with your rector, who, coming up on a year, is still trying. This morning, I encourage all of us to keep trying, because our names matter. Your name matters, and I will fail. But I'm better than I was six months ago, and I will be better six months from now. And in the interim, we'll all be gracious with each other. When we speak to each other, do we have kind words to say? None of us walk on water. None of us turn water into wine or even raise the dead. None of us are perfect. But we are all trying. And we can all walk together and share in the table of the Lord with the bread and wine made holy and raise each other up with a word of encouragement. I will never forget this disheveled woman, a cigarette butt hanging between her lips, leaning up against an old, rusted and batty, battered pickup truck nearly ten years ago, who smiled at me and said, Good morning, as I struggled to get my very ill father to his doctor's appointment when there were no wheelchairs available. It wasn't much. But the kindness that emanated from her heart gave me the strength that I was sorely lacking that day. And nearly a decade later, I still remember her. Jesus warns that what comes from the mouth proceeds from the heart. This is what defiles, or as I would also say, this is what purifies. For out of the heart comes evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witnesses, slander. None of these things people just fall into, but they take some thought, some ruminations in the heart, and then they're displayed. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands, while unsanitary, will not defile you. We don't always know what's in our hearts, 
But if we listen to our words, we will often discover truths that we did not expect to find. The evil intentions that show up when we triangulate conversations do not nourish us. But imagine if we only spoke words of love, of truth, of generosity, and we whispered that among ourselves all the time. That's a high standard. But maybe we could do it 50% of the time and then move on. Imagine how we would flourish as the beloved people we are as we speak words of hope and love and kindness to everyone we meet, even if we're just leaning up against an old battered pickup. Let us grow as people known for living out the gospel in vibrant ways because of the way we care about each other, the way we talk to each other and about each other. Let us continue to assume positive intent when we don't understand and exercise grace and patience as an expression of our love for Christ and of our neighbor. Let's be a little bit curious instead of making up motives. I think of the sound of music where the man says, apparently I'm suffering from an appalling lack of curiosity. Let us instead be curious. I don't know sometimes the reason I do everything, and sometimes I don't know the reason you do everything. And my brain wants to figure it out. But maybe I could just ask. Maybe we could all just ask. We can be more curious. Let us see where we can shine the light of Christ and be the healing ointment in a world that needs it so desperately where we have a cancel culture. If you say one thing wrong, people write you off as though your life had no meaning. We are not like that. By the grace of God, we are much better than that. We are sources of life and love. We build each other up in our most holy faith, not perfectly, but kindly. We become stronger in that, every one of us, knowing that if we look to each other, we will find peace and gentleness and love. Let us ask for forgiveness and let us offer it generously. And then our words will reflect how we have tuned our hearts to the heart of God and the deep love that we do have for each other. Let it overflow.